Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Good morning. That tune is, what's the name of that tune? We exalt. That's what I was, you know, you're almost there. Thank you very much. We exalt thee. I love that, that tune. Happy Trinity Sunday. I'm glad you're here. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and on behalf of the team and I, I'd just like to say we're really glad you're here. Uh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Summer is here. Weather's beautiful. We baptized Sean Mora last week. We celebrated an amazing Pentecost. We're rolling into this summer series called Lift Up Your Gaze. And uh, as I've been looking ahead at the text and actually applying the own, like the messages that I've been preparing, worship is a really good, um, maybe weapon? No, that's a, kind of a negative way of saying it, but it's, it's a really good r- way to deal with what's going on in the world. Um, so, as uh, I'll save my sermon for my sermon time. Next week is Father's Day, and we're going to have Elder Jim Clark be preaching. Uh, I'm excited, too. Yeah, you can round of applause. And I have a lazy boy behind this, this cross right here. And I was going to put it right here, but I think I'm going to put it back there because it'll be more you know, attractive. And we're going to raffle off for all the men in the room, the opportunity to spend worship sitting in a lazy boy chair. And there'll be dad's root beer, and there'll be some popcorn. Maybe I'll get an eye patch with the eyes on it to pretend like you're still awake. Uh, But just to clarify, I guess in the email I didn't really clarify. It's just for next week. (laughs) This isn't a new tradition that happens every Sunday. This is just a Father's Day celebration where we celebrate the men in the room, the father figures. So um, make sure you invite every guy you know and they'll get a raffle ticket and they may get some free popcorn and be able to sit in the back of the room and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And that begins... So I'll be here next Sunday, and then the, the next two Sundays, I'm on vacation. So you guys get to witness Reverend Sharon Yagerlander. She will preach on June 26th, and then July 3rd, our own Amy Hemsara Sabala. So don't miss any of that. And then July 10th is back with me, and that'll roll into VBS, which will lead us into our call to worship. But before that, I just wanted to mention that the Deacons Fund envelopes are in your orders of worship and what the Deacons Fund is, if you don't know, it's money that you want to not go to this, this outpost of God's kingdom. You want it to serve the least and the lost. This goes directly into serving those that are hurting um, in any way, shape, or form. So please stand. And my call to worship comes from Psalm 8, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And it's interesting, because I just announced that VBS is July 11th through the 15th, 5.30 to 8.30. And listen to what uh, the psalmist writes about the, the worship of children, like the children worshiping the Lord. Yahweh, our sovereign God, 
Your glory streams from the heavens above, filling the earth with the majesty of your name. People everywhere see your splendor. splendor. You have built a stronghold by the songs of the children. Strength rises up with the chorus of infants. This kind of praise has power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Please be seated, and would the children and students please come forward for the 
children's message. And good morning, everybody. Um, I would do something a little different because on my radio show, I do a lot of trivia, and I thought it would be fun put a trivia question up on the board for maybe the children to figure out, or you guys can figure out. And we'll post the question up here for everybody to look at. I want to know what version of the Bible did the pilgrims bring with them back in 1620? Is it King James, the Algonquin, the Colin, or the Geneva? Choices again are King James, Algonquin, the Collins, or Geneva. And we're going to use the roving microphone, so does anybody know? Anybody want to be brave enough to take a guess? We do have prizes, you know, there's always prizes involved here. So, do I have a volunteer? Do I have a victim? <laughs> all right, all right, I guess not. All right, you want to hand the microphone to him and see what he knows? A, King James. I am sorry, it's not the King James. The royal family, because the, the crown had controlled the King James, the pilgrims refused to take it with them to America. Any other guesses out there? Well, we'll go over the other choices here. The Algonquin was actually the first Bible printed in the, in the, in the America for the American Indian. The, the Collins Bible was the first family Bible in America. So the correct answer, if you know, if you know your math, it's the Geneva Bible. That is what the pilgrim brought with them to America in 1620. And for those of you who... Uh, Know your Bible and study. We, we know it's in Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. And when we talk about the God's words always being true, we're talking about the original. And because uh, the people who do the translation do the best they can. Because it's always, it's always difficult to figure out what the right words and the right tense when we transfer it to English. To English. So... I thought, for example, for those of you who would like to know what Braille looks like, we do have sample with an English translation for you. So, Mom, you want to hand it out to kids? And anybody in the congregation, if you're curious, we do have extra copies. So with that, let me say a prayer, and then we'll dismiss everybody off the class. So, dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful time for us gathering together this morning. But the kids' ministry... But the people who do your work, we ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Trusting in that love and God's grace, let us confess our sin. Almighty God, you love us, but we have not loved you. You call, but we have not listened. We walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, help us to admit our sin, so that as you come to us in mercy, we may repent, turn to you, and receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And because of that, I can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
London, that we all know very well. It's a part of place by many people. Uh, it's called the Six Miles Hall and contains both her own original melody on the same words and the little bit of uh, paraphrasing of the song we so well know how they come
thou art. How great thou art, man. Mm. Like I said, we're in a sermon series, Lift Up Your Gaze, and we're following the lectionary text, and we're hopping around uh, the, the entire Bible. I'm just following the lectionary uh, text that I'm picking anyone out of the Gospels, out of the Old Testament, out of the prophets, out of the epistles. Um, and today, I, I, I look, we're going to look at Lady Wisdom out of Proverbs chapter 8. A couple things before I read the text is, I think the lectionary folk um, put this text during this season not out of accident. And I think there's an intentional crossover um, and a connection between Lady Wisdom and the Holy Spirit. A couple Sundays, a couple, I think my first Pentecost here, I was on the roof um, and I preached a message, She Fire. And there's, it's based on a book called, uh, it's actually called She Fire by a guy named Clark Pinnock. And he makes the case that we should use the pronoun she when describing the Holy Spirit because of the connections with Lady Wisdom. And also because there's two male pronouns, and so the she would fit nicely. And so he makes the case for she fire, and I preached a message called she fire. Um, And people came up to me afterwards and said, I don't know if you're crazy or what, but I like that. Um, So that's enough of me talking, and we'll talk, let's read some texts from the, the wisdom of um, Solomon. Most people wrote, most may think um, Solomon's behind most of the Proverbs, and I think he's behind this one. But let's read Proverbs chapter 8. And I'm going to start with verse 1 and read through 4, and then hop down to 22 through 31. Does not wisdom call? And does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town and the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I call. And my cry is to all that live. Hop down to 22. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago, I I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, 
Then I was beside him like a master worker, and I was his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. This is the word of the Lord. First, those first four verses. Um, you, get a, you get a picture of Lady Wisdom. One commentator calls her Miss Wisdom. Standing at the gate, at the gate of a city. At the, some, I, you all heard the story of me going up to Jerusalem for the first time. I don't know if you remember it, but um, I rem- I, as I was rolling up the hill towards Jerusalem, a man who is now with, Lord, uh, with Jesus, a guy named Fred Frank, he used to sing at Crystal Cathedral. He's also one of the voices of the pigs in Charlotte's Web. Uh, beautiful man of God, and he was, a, he was just ridiculously good dude. Um, but I never heard him sing this song, I'm pretty sure. But as I started rolling up the hill, I heard his voice saying, were you there? You remember that song, were you there? And I just couldn't help but bawl. I just couldn't help but uncontrollably weep. And everybody thought I'd, I don't know, what the people were thinking on the bus. But it was just one of those moments where the Holy Spirit was there. And it was powerful. It's beautiful. The... The, the writer of this proverb pictures Lady Wisdom saying this stuff where no one can miss her. And the first four verses are no one can ignore wisdom. It's accessible to everyone. Um, the implication, this is uh, Robert Alter, he says, the implication is that wisdom is not a hidden or esoteric treasure, but plainly accessible. In the metaphor used here, proclaimed to all. So you start off with this visual of Lady Wisdom saying, this is for everybody. This is for man, woman, and child. This is for broken, healed. This is for crooked and straight. This is for everyone. And then we hop down to verse 22 through 31. And that's a, this is a new poem. Or at very least, a separate poem in the same text. And right at the outset, we get the clarification. This isn't describing the Holy Spirit. Because Lady Wisdom was created by God. Holy Spirit is God. So we don't get those two confused. Amen? But their connection is really tight because she was one of the first on the scene. Um, I've noticed a trend lately. And uh, it's in hairstyles. Does anybody remember the mullet in the 1980s? Not the fish, the mullet. Where it's business in the front and party in the back, right? 
I was talking about this with Melinda, and we went to Costco and bought my, this. This is a birthday outfit from Costco. And the guy checking this out had a beautiful mullet. Business in the front, party in the back. I tell you this because this poem is the mullet of the Proverbs. The business is in the front. Look at those first 20, 22 through 29. Look at those verses. I was there. I was there when God made the world. I was there when he set a circle around the sea and made land different than sea. I was front row seat to the Lord Almighty making things and creating order out of chaos. So Lady Wisdom has got power. Lady Wisdom is not to be trifled with. There's one the altar says this. It's a cosmic framework rather than a pragmatic one. Notice that most of Proverbs are like, if you want to do stuff, don't sleep all day. <laughs> if, you don't, if you want to get along with your wife, listen. If you want, you know, like it's really pragmatic. But not this section, not when describing Lady Wisdom. It starts with this cosmic view. Miss Wisdom is power. And there's a tie between Job 38 where the voice from the whirlwind, you remember? Where were you when I made this stuff? Where were you? Stand up, oh man, and, and stand up and you hold account. You have nothing to say to me. You know who could stand up right then? Lady Wisdom. I was right next to you. God. And there's also a tie between John 1, right? Did anybody else catch that? In the beginning... Was the word? The word was made flesh. The flesh made, and it is a cosmic view of Jesus being there at creation. The implica- This is what Golden Gate says. The implication isn't so much that we should read Jesus into Proverbs, but that we should understand Jesus in light of Proverbs. Jesus' teaching is an expression of the wisdom written into creation. Did you follow that? Jesus' wisdom is a... Lady Wisdom wrote this into creation with God, and Jesus is an expression of that. Wow. Then we get party in the back. (laughs) You got the business in the front, and then you got your party in the back. Look at the last verses, verses 30 and 31 of Proverbs 8. Of our section. It's not the last verses of the, of the whole chapter. but And I was daily his delight. Rejoicing before him always. Rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. You feel that Lady Wisdom delights in you? You get this picture. Um, This is what Fox says, George Fox. He says, Miss Wisdom not only possesses great utility, the burden of the preceding poem, but she is fun. 
as say the scholar takes great pleasure in his research, the naturalist in discovering the intricacies of nature, as the nurse laying healing, being a part of the healing process, as a teacher, Jeff, as a teacher has fun equipping students. I remember one time. Um, my wife, she was a middle school teacher at the time. She's put me through seminary. And she taught um, this woman the difference, this little teenage girl, the difference between there and there. And I remember her being in tears and saying, every time she's going to say there correctly, it's because I told her. Right? What are some of those fun moments that you've been a part of? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, like, what's something fun that God has done through you? Go. Well, yeah, you're not any, near anybody, so you can tell me. I'm bringing you back. And she didn't teach her the difference between there and there. It was thing and think. Even in her having fun, she's correcting me. She's having fun. <laughs> Making me look a little dumber. That's good. That's a, that's, <laughs> she has the gift of that. Okay. Uh, how do you apply this? How do you apply this in this messed up world? How do you apply this in the, in the current chaos that's happening in our cultural, around here and around the world? It doesn't escape God's vision. And Lady Wisdom is, is for each and every person. And she has power. And I think via Jesus Christ dying on the cross and via the Holy Spirit coming down, which we celebrated last week, so do we. The same, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is within us, both collectively and individually. God doesn't, this isn't escaping his vision This isn't escaping Lady Wisdom's vision. And she's still calling in the midst of the crazy. She's still calling in the midst of of the pain and the misery. And she has power. And she was there at the beginning. And through the Holy Spirit, we have power. We are not powerless. And we need to bask in the truth That Lady Wisdom celebrates us. Lady Wisdom has fun over us. You get visions of clapping. You get visions of dancing. Like, I love that that song we just sang. Except it it should have been she. She dances over me. Right? 
when I am unaware. Look at that. Rest in the truth that um, wisdom cannot be ignored. Like the title of the sermon, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. This wisdom has power, and so do we. This wisdom has fun creating, and so do we. Let's sing, This Is My Father's World. Yeah? Please be seated. I have to. Did you hear it start to say amen? It was awesome. Everybody stopped and she went, ah. Gosh, I like, I like that lady. Uh, we continue in worship of the triune God on this tri- uh, Trinity Sunday. And we do so by participating, by giving our tithes and our offerings to this local outpost to be a part of the adventure to be a part of God meeting this broken and weary world with his good news, that is Jesus the Christ. And so we received this morning's tithes and offerings, and there's offering plates on the way out. Um, and if you're listening on the podcast, please send your tithes, gifts, and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, 
Costa Mesa, California, 92628. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ had, so that with one mind and one voice, we may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we pray together? Creator God, Almighty Sustainer, Powerful Redeemer, We gather together for one reason, to praise and worship you this morning. You are amazing. You are untamable. You are all-powerful, and we thank you for the opportunity to worship you freely. We turn our minds toward Jesus and seek to glorify your name, Lord, forever and ever. 
No matter our differences, meld us into one voice for Christ. Use each one of us to further your kingdom here on earth. Holy Father, we continue to pray for Ukraine and its citizens against the continuing atrocities and war crimes. We pray for your strength and protection for the Ukrainian people and for their homeland. Thwart the schemes of the enemy and bring a swift end to this war. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, we continue to pray for all of the families who have lost loved ones in mass shootings this year. The the solution may not be an easy one, but give us the determination to never stop trying and to make incremental changes. Father, we pray for more love in the world, a world that desperately needs your love to fill the voids of hate and hopelessness. Use us, O Lord. Where there is hate, let us sow love. Make each one of us instruments of your peace. We pray for the upcoming graduations and summer vacations. Father, bless the students who will be graduating. Give them guidance as they embark on their next chapter. We pray, too, for traveling mercies for all those who will be planning their summer trips. Right here in our midst, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, in need of your healing touch. O great physician, we lift up those who are sick, those who are seeking medical diagnoses, and those undergoing treatments. Specifically, we pray for your healing hand on Dick Clark, Kay Deer, and Patty Ernest as they continue their treatments. Give their doctors wisdom and give each one your peace that transcends all understanding. We lift up Gretchen Franklin, Gil Keller, and Keith Coslin and pray for your healing touch. May they feel your tangible presence with them today and know that if you are for them, Lord, who can be against them? And we pray for Sandy Corbett and her family as they mourn the passing of her father. Comfort each one as they grieve and give them the hope that death is not the end. We quietly name in our hearts those in need of a healing touch from you today. Lord, be with each one that we have prayed for out loud and in our hearts. Prod each one of us to remember one another in our daily prayers. Thank you for our pastors and our worship leaders. Bless them and keep them. We pray, Holy God, that you would magnify our love for one another. Anchor us in the gospel and strengthen our hope in Christ that we may serve you in this world that needs your transforming power of mercy, love, and grace. Remind us how deep, how wide, and how great your love is for us. Secure in this hope, we continue praying as you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please rise and join us in our final hymn, Immortal Invisible. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. <laughs> 